Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome on this Easter Sunday. It's a beautiful day. And thanks for coming out. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. You know, at Fellowship Alliance in the last uh, few weekends, we've been trying to answer the same question over and over and over again by looking at the history. And first question was, you know, why did Jesus have to go through that trial he went through? I don't know if you've ever read the New Testament about the trial that Jesus went through, but it's kind of ridiculous. It, it's, it's a sham. And all those false accusations of false witnesses brought forward, even the secularists notice this is just not even true. Why? Why did that happen? What's the point? Why did Jesus, why did God let that happen? What's the point? Or Jesus dying on the cross, this ugly, gruesome death, being mocked, spit upon, whipped, thrown on the cross. What's the point? Why did God let that happen? We answered those questions from the scripture about the trial, about the death of Jesus. And now we're going to look at the last question. Jesus being put in a grave for three days, then he raised from the dead. What is the point? If you don't know the point, if you don't get the point, you miss the whole message. God being God has a point to this. There's a message to be gained. There's some communication he's trying to get across to you and to me. What is the point? Well, what I'm hoping to unveil to you today, we're going to read the last chapter of the book of Matthew, the gospel record, the historian's record of what happened, and try and glean from that the point of all this. Not just some theory, but what does God want you to learn from it? Can I pray with you about that first? Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and I come to you on behalf of everyone here, that we'd be able to get the point. You're sovereign. You could have done this a whole lot of different ways. What were you trying to communicate through the way you did it? Even Jesus being dead three days and raising from the dead. What's the point? May no one leave here today not knowing the point of it, and the point of it for themselves. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Probably the first thing you need to understand to get the point is this. What is resurrection? What does it mean? Resurrection means this. New life after a period of being dead. I mean, we all know, normally speaking, dead people stay dead, right? Jesus was dead only three days and raised from the dead. I don't know if you know history, but every other religious leader who's ever lived is dead. But there's one that isn't, Jesus Christ. That's kind of like the point they're trying to make. Did you know that the Bible teaches very clearly all of us on the planet Earth, all human beings who've ever been born, are dead? Yeah. Death means separation in the Bible, and it means we are separated from God. The whole reason Jesus had to die on the cross, the whole reason Jesus had to raise from the dead, is because we are already dead. And the scriptures clearly portray that you and me died with Jesus on the cross for our sins. He died for us. And that when he was buried, we were buried. And when he was raised, we were raised. That's the whole point of it. Probably no one said it better than Jesus himself. In John 11, verse 25... Jesus is approached by this lady named Martha, whose brother died. She called for Jesus to come, but he took a long time getting there. Intentionally, by the way. And when he finally got there, this guy had been buried for days. So Martha sees him coming, runs out, bows at Jesus' feet, and says, Jesus, where were you? If you'd have been here. Almost like scolding Jesus. And Jesus picks her up and says, Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. What could be clear?
clearer than that. He's making the point that I can raise him from the dead. And if you remember the story, he did go on to do that. But the message very clearly is that he's the resurrection and life. He who believes in him will live even if he dies. The point is, we trust a living Savior. He's alive. Uh, years ago, went to visit a guy in the hospital. He'd been struggling really hard against a debilitating disease for a long time. And I remember going to see him. It's not the first time I've been to visit somebody on their deathbed. And so I walk in the room, and he's there. In fact, he wasn't even in the hospital anymore. You know, he's home, waiting to die. He looks at me very somberly and soberly and says, Marty, I I don't have much longer. And then a big smile comes across his face. And I didn't know he knew this. He starts quoting to me John 14. Now, if you're a Bible student like me, you know John 14. Verses 1 through 6 is where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, Let not your hearts be troubled, nor be afraid. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He says, So I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. When I come again, I'm going to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Are you familiar with that? In fact, he goes on to say, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to God except through me, making dogmatic, clear, truthful statements to them. That was the point. And when this man got done reading, or saying that to me, he had it memorized, I realized he gets the point. Very similarly to that, I remember listening to a lady speak one night. She's a quite famous lady. Her name is Elizabeth Elliot. She grew up around this area, actually. And she was a famous missionary back in her 20s and 30s. Down in Ecuador, her and her husband were trying to reach these people called the Alka Indians, a tribal people, and they're literally, literally living in the jungle. And her husband went out one morning with a group of other guys to talk with these men, and they murdered him. Elizabeth Elliot's husband was murdered by the very people they're trying to help. And they gave up their life and their existence here in America to go help him, and her husband gets murdered by them. And I'm hearing Elizabeth Elliot talk about it, and she's probably in her 60s, maybe 70s, and she's telling the story about how she went on with her life because of her belief and trust in the resurrected Lord. So here's, I just told you the story of an old man about ready to die, not afraid to face death because Jesus rose from the dead, and then a lady who's not afraid to face the rest of her life with her little kids, and she's saying the same thing. She got the point. What's the point? We follow a Savior who is alive. We follow Jesus who is alive. In fact, I wrote it down in my sermon outline. Let me read it to you. Jesus' resurrection is really our resurrection in Christ. It's really important. You want to start reading the New Testament. One thing you've got to understand is two words, the most important words, in Christ. In Christ. The Bible tells us when you get to the judgment seat, if you're in Christ, you're going to heaven. If you're not in Christ, I'm sorry you're not, according to the New Testament. So this raising from the dead and Jesus raising, or us raising with Jesus is so completely significant for you to understand if you're going to claim to be a Christian. So I put it in two simple points to try and unwrap this a little more. It's in the passage in the book of Matthew, last chapter in the book of Matthew, where we see the record of Jesus' resurrection. And there's two points I think we can glean out of that. The first point is this. Jesus' resurrection turns our fears about anything, about living our life without our husband, 
about facing our death or whatever problem you might be facing today, it can remove your fears and turn them to joy. That's what happened to the people here when they saw Jesus. Look with me. Chapter 28, verse 10 verses. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. You know, the tomb where Jesus was buried. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards, the Roman guards, trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He's not here, for he's risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you shall see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. Notice that, fear and great joy. And came to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my, my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Did you notice the words fear and the words joy? This is what gave them hope. The whole point of it was they gained hope through Jesus' raising. Can you imagine them? They're all depressed. They're all sad. They don't know what to do. They're totally confused. Maybe this is like you in your life. Like, what the heck's going on? This makes so, no sense at all. I don't get the point. I was just talking to somebody in the back room, and their brother just had a massive heart attack last night. They're like, I don't get the point. No, I don't either. But I know one who does. And I know that you, you can get through this by the resurrected Lord that can carry you through. That's what, that's what this means. And so here they were, turning their fears to joy by their belief in Jesus raising from the dead. That same transition needs to happen to you and me. You know, in the New Testament, later on, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul tried to make this clear to a little church at Rome. And here's what he said. Trying to explain it, he says, You know, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. In, in other, in order, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might might walk in newness of life. Did you catch that? Catch that? Walk in newness of life. He says, just like Jesus raised from the dead, too, you too can have a new life. Did you hear the people in the video earlier from Alpha sharing story after story, talking about their changed life? This is what they're talking about, this newness of life that came to them through faith in Christ. Faith is what makes it real. Faith is what makes Jesus' resurrection real in your life. Faith is a determining factor. This is hard for us to get a hold of, though, isn't it? Because... Um, we think that this world is the only world we're ever going to have. And the Bible says, that's just not true. We, 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 we tend to think that, like, this money, this job, this, this, this purpose to my life, this, this fulfillment in my life is the, the, the all we're ever going to have. No, it's not. What are you afraid of? It's almost like if Jesus stood there, what are you afraid of? This is not all you're going to have. I've told you over and over again. This is not it. There's more to come. This existence here is not the only existence you have. There is eternal life. But we have a hard time believing that, hard time trusting that. 
The point is, though, that the one telling us is the one that conquered death, the one that rose from the dead, Jesus himself. You know, um, I have a friend, uh, Daryl Fennessy. He grew up in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, but he's kind of like one of my personal heroes because he is... Boy, you talk about faith. You see, Daryl, for over 30 years, has been in the Middle East. He, he, he's worked with and lived in some places where just to even admit you're a Christian might mean you get killed. But he's not afraid. And if you met Daryl, you'd go, gosh, he doesn't look anything special. He doesn't, but the guy's brave as all get up because he just believes this. Well, the Lord wants me to live, I'll live. If the Lord wants me to die, I'll die. Daryl and his wife Cheryl are just such brave people, and they tell this story. In fact, I read it in another book, too. I figured, they must have talked to Daryl. This came from Daryl. Because Daryl's telling this story. He says, I got this Muslim friend who was a converted Muslim and became a Christian. Very dedicated Muslim before this. Now he's become a Christian. And I'm asking him, you know, why did you become a Christian? A follower of Jesus. And he says, he just looked at me very somberly and soberly and said, well, it's really simple. He says, I was going along in the path of life, just like you, like a journey. And all of a sudden, the journey came to a fork in the road. There's two paths. Oh, which one should I take? And he says, in one path, the, the man's pleading with me to follow him. In the other path, there's a dead man. I decided, if I'm going to ask directions, I have to ask the live man, and I have to follow him. He's Jesus Christ, because Muhammad's dead. So I decided, I'm following Jesus. And Daryl was struck by how simple the man put it, like, yeah, there's only one that raised from the dead. It's Jesus. So, when I said at the beginning of this point, the resurrection of Jesus changes our fears to joy, what I'm trying to point out is that when one puts his faith and trust in Christ, whether you're going to face your death or you're going to face many years without your husband like Elizabeth Elliot, the point is the same. The point of it is, only Jesus and my faith in him can give me the joy, the fulfillment, the life eternal that I, can, that I so desperately need. The second point we read, we read on here, you know, now for 40 days, the book of 1 Corinthians tells us Jesus appeared to his disciples different times and different people. Tells us that there's over 500 people at once. And then Jesus ascended to heaven. But right before he left, the book of Matthew summarizes it at the end of this chapter, just a few verses later. Look at what he says. You ready? Matthew chapter 28. Look at the end of it, starting with verse 16. It reads like this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Okay, remember, he told them to go to Galilee. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, that would be good enough. Go, baptize, teach. This is your assignment. You've got a new meaning to your life. Go do it. This changes everything, right? I'm sure that's what they were feeling. But that's not all he said. Look what he says at the end. I've come to realize this is maybe the most important part. He ends it by saying, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As I get older and older, I'm starting to realize I'm losing things, like my strength. I used to be able to play sports and goof around, even play with the grandkids now. Where's me? I'm just not as strong as I used to be. 
I'm even losing my hair. No control over that. A bald guy told me on the way out, oh, don't worry, Marty, you're fine. It happens. Yeah, but I'm just saying, stuff changes, right? And recently in this last year, I started to realize I'm even losing my friends. Not like they want to leave me, but they died. And as life goes on, we all know it. We're losing things. We're losing But the point I'm trying to make is you read this, you can't lose Jesus, right? I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Maybe the greatest promise in the whole Bible. You might lose a lot of things. You might even face death. But you will always be with Jesus. Uh, W.B. Henson, an old famous preacher, one time he was diagnosed with um, stage four cancer came out of the doctor's office, and where he lived, he lived out west, there's mountains. And he looked at the mountain he had grown up, grown up next to his whole life, and he sees the mountainside. He sees all the trees. He sees the river running down in the valley. And all of a sudden, it comes to him, and he looks at the mountain, like he's speaking at the mountain, and he goes, mountain, someday you'll be gone. Because Jesus promised there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and river, someday you'll be gone. And the trees, you'll be gone. But I'll still be here because I'll be with Jesus and he'll never leave me that's true about you no matter who you are what you face with your faith in Christ it changes everything well it's time for me to end I see I, I, I have one little story I'd like to end with there is this little um, boy his name was Philip and Philip always struggled because he had Down syndrome. And he came, his parents came to church like this, and they put him in a Sunday school class. And, and they put him in the third grade class for a couple of years. <laughs> and, and, and he was high-functional, so he was doing pretty good. Even though some of the kids would mock him or make fun of him, you know, because he was Down syndrome and he just didn't fit in, you know, but they wanted him to. The teacher wanted him to, and a very creative teacher, just like at this church, we have some amazing teachers in our Sunday school system. Amazing. And so she decided one day when they were teaching about the resurrection of Jesus, she thought, you know, I got these little eggs, you know, like these little eggs, we're going to have them out there for the Easter egg hunt in just a few minutes. Little plastic eggs that open up. And um, she, she took one out and she says, kids, here's what I want you to do. Since the resurrection of Jesus is all about new life, I want you to go out into the churchyard here and find some things that represent life. Bring them back. Put them in your little egg and then bring them back. Put them on my desk and I'll open them up one at a time. Great. The kids thought this is a great assignment. They head out into the yard. They're running all over the place and they bring all of them back and the teacher says, okay, let's open them up. She opens up the first one and it's got a little acorn in there. And a little girl pipes up, that's mine. That's my acorn. An acorn has life in it. If you plant it, it'll grow into a big oak tree. She says, good job. That's exactly right. Just like Jesus raised from the dead. They thought he was dead, but he wasn't. He came to life because of Christ. They thought he was going to be dead forever. Or, or another boy, they open the next one. It's got a worm in it. And the little boy goes, that's mine. He's alive. And he goes, that's right. He's alive. You got a worm there, you know, wiggling around. They close that up. Next one she opens, it's got a, a little uh, piece of grass in there. And the girl says, that, that's mine. He's alive. That's alive because it's grass. It's growing. It comes from seeds. And she starts explaining. She says, you're right. That's alive. She opens up the fourth one. It's empty. She's, she 
says, well, this one doesn't have anything in it. And one little boy, I don't even remember his name, he, he just said, oh, somebody didn't know what they were doing. You're supposed to put something in the egg. And little Philip pipes up and goes, that's my egg. And someone says, oh, Philip. And Philip goes, well, isn't it supposed to be empty? Because Jesus raised from the dead, his tomb was empty. Just like that egg. And they're all going, and the teacher realizes, I think Philip gets it better than all the kids. <laughs> Just a couple weeks later, Philip, he got really sick. His body was kind of compromised anyhow. And he got a really bad infection, and the doctors could not get in front of it. And Philip died. At the funeral, all the kids brought little empty plastic eggs. And they all filed up front and put them right on the casket. Because they wanted to symbolize for everybody. Philip's tomb is empty. He's with Jesus. He didn't die. He's alive because he trusted in Christ. Listen to me. Honestly, isn't it true that many of us, even as Christians, live like we have a dead Lord? Like he's not really alive? If, if he really is alive, why are you so worried? If he's really alive, why are you so mad? If he's really alive, why are you so controlled by stuff around you? If this life is really not all you're going to have, what's bugging you so bad? I don't know that you really believe it. Did you know? Remember that passage I quoted at the very beginning about I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Let's put that on the screen. Remember, that's what Jesus told to Martha after Lazarus had died. And then he went and raised Lazarus from the dead. But right after he said that statement, do you remember what he said to to Martha? He looked right in the eye. Martha, he asked, do you believe this? Here's Martha. She'd heard Jesus teach many times. And he's understanding she still doesn't get the point. That could be like you. You've been to a lot of Easter services, but you still don't really get the point. He raised from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even if he dies. Is this yours? Do you believe this for yourself? Do you believe this for the the problems you're facing in your life right now? The difficulties, the hardships, the doctor's diagnosis, the problems with your child, the things that you face you don't seem to overcome, like Elizabeth Elliot, like, how am I going to live without my husband? Well, either I follow a risen, alive Lord, or I don't. I put my faith in Christ. That's what it means. Can I pray with you about it? Bow your head with me. Worship team is going to come out and lead us in one final song, but before they do, I want to pray with you. Here's what I want to pray. Lord Jesus, would you help us to get the point? The point of the trial for our sins. The point of the death for our sins. The point of the resurrection to new life for us. Would you help everyone here in the rest of the days of their life on this planet to understand this is not all there is. We were made for God. We are made for eternity. And you will take us there by faith in Christ. 
Now, if you want to join me in just a, a renewal prayer of that for you, or maybe a prayer like that for the first time, say, Lord Jesus, I am accepting this truth for me. I'm going to believe this. Help me believe it. Help me understand it. Help me grow in this knowledge of being alive in Christ. And so, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Again, or for the first time, in Jesus' name.